So one of the things this, um, Brad made a great point about this, which I thought was so great, is uh, he said, hey, listen, as you grow, um, he goes, pack your bags and move on. But what he said was, you don't, you don't leave the good stuff that you learned along the way. You put it in your, your bags and your suitcase and you go with you. And I was like, that is so good because for me anyway, I had the tendency to go, man, I want to go hit somebody with a bat that I was taught some of this stuff. Like, who taught me this stuff? And uh, um, I'm, I'm probably the only guy who's felt that I know, but uh, yeah, so... Uh, but it really started to make sense to me. Like both Andre and Brad were like, no, this is part of the journey. You had to go through some of that stuff so you could see what it looks like on the other side. And I'm like, you know what, that's good. So I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater because that, that really is true is, is a lot of this stuff that we had to learn, at least for me. You know, even the whole uh, uh, going to Bible school in Africa, is, uh, even though it was hardcore word of faith, charismatic, I probably would have doubted that I was missing something if I didn't go see it. And then go, oh, that's not it. That'll exhaust you. Um, but what it did, and so uh, I'm just going to share a couple of things that these guys were, were sharing. If there's any questions specifically on that, then just feel free to ask too. Any questions right away off, off Andre and Marianne or Brad? Burning questions? No? Um, should we tell Brad to, Peggy, you're going to be a grandmother and wash his mouth out with soap, he said, right? <laughs> you said you're going to grandmother him, right? Yes, Brad. So... Uh, once that video is up, you'll know why. But, but, but here's, here's what it was. is Because uh, we, we get in the car and Brad is coming down and he goes, um, he goes, I'm so tired of Christians just making things up. Except it was a farm word, right? And then uh, he goes, oops, can I say that here? I go, man, I, I just, I like the, real, the realism. And his point was this. He said, you know, um, the people that study the fathers, which all these guys do, it's a very better, in my opinion, more pure and better gospel. So I'm going to talk about some of the things that we've learned that we've held on to, but then, hey, let's move on uh, because it's a relational thing. Is we're, we're getting deeper and deeper into re- having a relationship with Jesus. And, and uh, both, what they were both saying was, if, if your constructs of who God is aren't constantly being torn down and deconstructed, you're probably worshiping the concept of God versus him itself because he surprises you all the time. He's relational. He'll do something new and something cool and, and something good and surprise you even in your, and we try to figure it all out. Like, no, if I have enough faith, if I say these words, if I do this, then everything's going to be this way and that doesn't work that way. And then we think, uh-oh, we must not be following God's plan or we didn't hear him clearly. All the, all the weird stuff I, I think is just crazy now. I'm like, you know what? In his, in his perfect goodness, he makes it still work out in the end. And it's deeper and better on the other side of that relationship. Does that make sense to you guys? So uh, I, I love it. So one of the things that, um, that uh, let me just see, because I, I wrote some things down that I thought, um, there's certain things that we have to deconstruct, meaning tear down, that I think are, are critical. And you know, listening to so many of these guys, whether it's Dr. Kruger or Dr. Wachope and Brad and Andre and all these guys who understand the fathers, um, we have to get rid of, and there's some critical reasons why. If, it, if it, It's not to stir up things, but uh, if, you, if you have the concept that God's angry, or he would eternally torture people forever. He go, they go, we've just seen this, that Christians can only heal so much. They'll only go so far and allow their heart to be healed because there's still this thing, and we've seen it. When we go, you have nothing to worry about, is that you're going to meet Christ. That's who you're going to meet. It's the same Jesus that met the woman caught in the act of adultery. How did he respond to her? He doesn't change. Because even the big, biggest ministries in the world right now are teaching, hey, Jesus came and he was a good dude the first time he comes. But the second time he's coming, right, which is why we have these ideas like we better get out of here because 
he's upset and wrathful and angry. No, it's the same God. It's the same Jesus who's, who's the, the, the coming and, and the nearness is what, it, what it's talking about. So I think those, we don't have to, uh, hey, he's not angry. He's never, and we've covered that quite well, I think, over the last months. He's not angry. He's never been angry. He's good and no shadow of darkness, no turning. He's only good. And one of the things that these, these guys kept telling me is like, Mike, that's Gnostic dualism. And I was like, what's Gnostic dualism? From Iowa. Like, we don't talk like that. Uh, unless you, you, Roy, that's how you grew up. Like, you go, honey, that's Gnostic dualism. You know, that's, that's kind of, so I'm kind of like, time out. I'm the non-theologian here. What is that? And so, uh, but it really is this thing that we've got it where God's not good and evil. That was a concept from mythology that the Hebrews picked up and everybody else picked up. God is good and only good, and he's never created evil. It's our own darkness where we can't see something clearly. Our, our lack of light is what really creates the evil. It's the void of light. Does that make sense? And so uh, God's only good, and he'll only treat you good because that's all he is. And so those are the things that uh, uh, we got to hang on to, but uh, we do have to tear down. God was never angry. He's, never, uh, he's not going to eternally torture somebody. Jesus wouldn't say, um, hey, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye, but I say love your enemy, and then go torture his enemy. Does that even make sense to anybody? And, and so once we, so here, there's some critical things, and this is why I love the, the, the fathers, because uh, what Brad was saying, hey, you can't make blank up. You can't make crap up, right? Because what he was sharing was he said, um, when people especially in the West, is this whole turning point really came the big schism between the churches when basically the Latin church, which evolved into Catholicism, which all you and I came out of, the Reformation, right? So our theology is 500 years old. And what all these fathers are going, guys, you, cannot, you, cannot, you can't ignore the 1,500 years before that. There's 1,500 years that, uh, uh, of doctrine that we've never wavered from, and it's the Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed. Because he was saying, you know, I see all these, these confessions of faith that, ch- that uh, churches have. And he goes, you don't get to make it up. The guys who compiled the Bible says these are the, the essential things. And the rest is, is up to interpretation. Um, but it, w- this is what's fascinating to me. Is because, because the Latin church believed that sin could separate you from God. And that he was angry. And somehow we got to get back to an angry God. Um, all the doctrine, all the theology went that way, where the, where the Eastern church has never wavered. They've never, they go, you know what? God is good. He's only good. Jesus came to conquer sin and death, not pour out God's wrath on Jesus. And it's night and day with your theology. You build off that. So if he was always good and, and, uh, and he allowed people to, he really allowed humanity to put our violence on him, yet he responded with no violence. Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they do. He was the ultimate of love. He was the ultimate of never kept any record of wrong. You guys see the difference there? So if we have a, a God that's angry and he needs to pour his wrath out on sin, this is where the whole penal substitution, this idea that Jesus had to step in in our place and God takes the two by four out and, and bats Jesus over the head versus us. Oh, thank you, God, that it was Jesus, not us. Now we can trust you again. We can't. In fact, I just, I just had a really good friend. Uh, I grabbed coffee with him, and he kind of just left church in general. He's like, and most of you guys would go, this guy's an upstanding Christian guy that never wavered in his faith. And, and when we meet, he goes, uh, how can I trust a guy that killed his own son? And I might be next. And you and I would look at this guy and go, this, this guy, wow, that's what he believes. And so Dr. Wachope and all these guys would go, that's where we can only heal so much. And they've seen it over and over again in clinical 
when they're dealing with people that until we get rid of that angry God where we can trust him in everything and he's never been angry, that he's perfect love always and he'll always respond that way, then you can really start to, what Romans says is the gospel that heals perfectly. Does that make sense to you guys? So a couple things that uh, just, that I, I know like most of us and all you guys online because I, I hear from a lot of you, that we, that we have to, uh, um, that we have to keep. So we can de- deconstruct God was angry. Um, he, he's not going to eternally torture people. That just, there's no way. Jesus, when you look at Jesus, who the fullness of the Godhead is in a body, and Jesus, what they said, he never reacted that way. He never acted that way, never reacted that way. Um, so, but we can't leave it at deconstruction. What are we for? That's really like, okay, so we can tear down these wrong beliefs, but what do we believe in? And that's where, so I just want to go a couple of these things and then uh, if there's some questions that come out of it. So most of you guys came out of Word of Faith Charismatic like, like we did. So what good came out of that? Um, what, what can we pack our bags with and keep from there? I can tell you one thing you can throw out is, and I've already been covering it a little bit, is it's based on your faith. That you got to build your faith, this idea that uh, uh, God's dualistic, hey, if your belief is above your unbelief and all these, all these things that, that are really taught in word of faith, you can throw that out because that's, that's deconstruct. Scripture clearly says we all see dimly here. We can't see perfectly. We're, we're a created being and, and we can't see perfectly. But then when we step out of this body, it says we will see him face to face as in a mirror. Now, we start the process here, and, and some of us are down that journey a little bit further, but he doesn't deny blessing you. He doesn't deny favoring you. He doesn't deny uh, anything that he has to you if you don't have enough faith. That should be refreshing to most of you guys because that's not who he is. Um, but we were taught that, this idea that... Uh, and so we can throw that concept out that he is perfect faith and we get to share in it. So he doesn't tell us, um, hey, Michael and Kath, build your faith, do all these things, Right? What I was taught, you just get tired. Uh, it, it's fun if it worked out right, but what if it didn't work out right? Now it's not as fun, is it? Because there's only two people, and I've seen pastors do this over and over and over. If they have a healing ministry, for instance, and, and uh, uh, oh, and so I'll talk about that as part of this, but um, if somebody doesn't get healed, well, it certainly couldn't be their faith. So who's, who do they have to blame the blame on? You. Well, that, that's not very comforting to me. I'm coming to you for help. Well, the reason you're not being healed is you don't have enough faith. Yeah, but I thought you did. Because you're the dude up there with your Rolex and all this stuff, you know. And, and I'm like, uh, nah, that's just garbage to me. It's, it's him and him only. Uh, and he, he, it's not that he wants us to build anything. You're complete in Christ, nothing lacking. That's where we have to start. But he says, you know what? You can participate in my faith. Even when you don't know there's faith, there's still faith working on your behalf. I'm working behind the scenes to make all things work together for your good. And how many of you guys have seen that over and over in your life? I know Barb and I have. Like, and one of the things I was talking to Chris Abate about this today is when we first got married, we struggled. Remember that? Uh, we were a mess, man. We didn't know anything, and not that we know a whole lot now, but, uh, but there was no hope, right? Would you, I would, how would you describe it? I was just like lifeless and helpless and kind of just going, this sucks. It's we missed our plan. Maybe, you know, all these things that I think human emotion that we all go through. And uh, yet little did we know he's working behind the scenes to make it work out. And not, no, there's not a perfect marriage out there, but man, I'm very, I, I feel very whole. Don't you in our marriage? 
And that we're not just saying that. We're pretty honest and open. And if you come to our house, we're just transparent, right? Um, so if you're going through anything like that, is even when it doesn't look good, etc. you know, your faith and, and I see all this weirdness come against the spirit of Jezebel and the spirit of divorce and all this stuff. I'm like, man, you're going to wear yourself out again. Because what it, really what we all need to know is he's, he's using this and he's even going to work out our nonsense to our benefit ultimately. All things work together for good. Does that help you guys? So that's where I think for me it's really comforting to go, even my mistakes, Lord, well, it's all your mistakes. It's none of my mistakes. Oh, yeah, okay. Thank you that you even make my mistakes to prosper. Does that, does that help you guys? I know it's really hard for people because they want to, I'm like, we can do nothing. We're, he's the, we're the... We're the branches, he's the vine, and we can't produce any fruit unless he's doing it through us. Does that help you guys? Now, we can get excited and think we're helping produce it every now and then, but then, uh, but we're not. So, uh, so we can deconstruct that. Hey, it's not your faith. We get to participate in his faith, and it's free. It's the gift of faith. Follow me? And it's not your persuasion, or, or uh, I just know that if I'm, I can be more persuaded in knowing that God's using his perfect faith on my behalf, even if I can't see it or feel it. That gives me more rest and persuasion because he's the, he's the strong part of this covenant. I'm the weak link in this whole thing all the time. And so are you, right? Um, so, but the cool part of word of faith that we can, like we can pack our bags and keep, I think are, are uh, um, all the supernatural. And I, I hate to even use that word because we think it's, uh, uh, even when we use supernatural, it's something that normally shouldn't happen but happens. Most people would call it a miracle, whatever. But I think there's infinite possibilities. This is where quantum physics and quantum mechanics comes in. In fact, I think I'm going to show you some guys something next week. We're going to be pushed the envelope a little bit. You guys okay with that? Because um, I love it. I think there's infinite possibilities of who we are. And sometimes our faith limits us. It's kind of weird. Because we think we have to see it, believe it. But um, that's not who God is. Because I'm in a relationship with my wife. And I always go back to, if I could just, if, what would my relationship with my wife look like um, I don't base it on her ability to have faith in me, how I respond to her, I don't think, right? Um, I like to surprise her some things, like radical, weird stuff that, we wouldn't, that she wouldn't think of. And I think, uh, so it's good for us to, to push the boundaries of, hey, what, what could happen? God could do this, but we're not holding it so close that we're, if it doesn't turn out exactly like that, we're disappointed and don't think we have enough faith. It's this weird tension. Does that make sense to you guys, that... We can always have hope that he's wildly good and uh, he can do things that we never expect and he will do things that we never expect to make all things work out for good. So, um, so we, we maintain the healings and, and uh, uh, all the, the supernatural provision and all these things because it's very real because he doesn't deny himself. He's, he's always provides. He always does all these things. He does it. We don't, it's not up to us. And I think the teaching that it's up to us is limits most people than they think. And it's not up to us. It's he just does it because he can't deny himself. He, he provides because he's a provider. He, he loves because he loves. So you, at your worst, he still loves you unconditionally. And it, I've seen this so many times is when something's not working out quite right, they think the hand of the Lord has been taken off me or the favor of the God has been taken off me. Lord, where did I miss it? It doesn't work that way is what Jesus said. It's like, hey, Lord, who's, whose fault is this? Their parents or his? It just doesn't work that way. I'm just doing it to, to, to solve this cool story and it's going to be good in the end. So does that help you guys? 
So we can, we can be open to these infinite possibilities like, Lord, you're just good and, and I'm going to rest the best I can. And even though when I'm not resting good enough, you still rest perfectly for me. Thank you, Lord. Does that make sense to you guys? That's not too out there, is it? It's actually restful to me. It's like really good. Um, he throws me a bone every now and then, so I think I'm the man. Uh, but I know I'm not the man. At the end of the day, he's like, man, I'm the man. Oh, no, he, he just let me think I'm the man for a day, which is cool. So he does that for all of us. He just lets us participate in this thing. So, um, so we don't throw any of that out. Like, hey, there's, there's in, in fact, uh, I was sharing with you is when, when we really relaxed and just prayed with people and released the supernatural provision and love and, and things into people's lives, we've seen more healings in the last four or five months than trying to have enough faith for it. It's awesome. Because once people just really can just go, whether I'm healed, not healed, Lord, you don't deny yourself. And it just works. It's a crazy thing. So we, 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 we deconstruct this idea that it's based to your faith, your level, anything like that, and we participate in his faith. It's just a free gift. Does, does that help you guys? So even in your doubts, he's still, his faith is still working. Isn't that a better faith to participate in? To me, it is. Anybody want to do it on their own? There's plenty of churches you can do that. So uh, uh, let's see. What else did I, did I put in here? Yeah, I put, we have to get rid of this, that uh, sin separates us from God. That's what caused the church split. That, you can, that sin could somehow separate you from God, and that's why the Latin church went one way and the Greek church went one way, and it's never, never uh, the great schism is what it's called. But all of us came out of the idea that you could be, sin could separate you from God. But here's what, you, and some of you guys heard Andre say this the other night. It's a beautiful thing once you get it. He said, he ascended and descended, so that he would feel all things. So he fills all things. So what he's saying is there's, he, he ascended, but descended into Sheol, Hades, hell, what we would call it, so he could fill all things. So he's in and through and withholds the whole universe in himself, and nothing could be ever separated from him. That's what the early church taught, and they've never gotten off that for 2,000 years. And I know for, some of you guys have a hard time with that, but to me it's so refreshing they go, oh, thank you, Lord. It's, it's now when I see somebody who's quote unquote not a Christian, I don't have to like get them into my club. I don't look at them differently. I can just love them because I know that he's in and through all things. Now, do they know it? No, they don't know it. They, they feel just as alienated as most Christians feel alienated until you go, God loves you perfectly. And he could ne There's nothing you could ever do or have done that ever separated from you. That was the original lie that we believed. He's in and through and withholds us. He is the life giver. Does that make sense to you guys? So uh, that's what we hold on to. So we throw out the teaching that sin separates us from, from love because that's who he is. He's love and he's life and he's light. And so uh, that, it makes so much sense to me now when Marianne was singing this, it says, everything that has breath praises the Lord. Where she was going, Yahweh is really like the Hebrew linguists say it's, it's breath. We've, we've created the vowels, but it's yah. yud hey vav hey, it's yah. It's our breath is evidence that he's in every creature in, in the world. Is that cool to me? And it makes sense. His God created us out of the smallest particles or the smallest things, what it says, the dirt, whatever you want to call it, however you want to look at that. And he breathed himself into us. That's just beautiful to me. So, um, so we get rid of that idea that uh, sin separates us from God, but we keep the idea that he loves us perfectly. And, uh, he is perfect love and nothing else. I think we've covered this a lot too because 
that old doctrine that sin separates you from God, now we have to create things that, uh, well, if we can be separate, how do we get back? Um, and if he's love and whatever you've heard, he's perfect love, but he's, what's the first thing that comes out of people's minds? Just. Well, the Hebrews said his justice is mercy. He won't stop until we know we're innocent. That's his justice. His justice is he declares us mercy and his mercy endures forever. So we think because we have this legal Western mind that somebody's got to pay. And he goes, why does somebody have to pay? I forgive sin. Nobody has to pay. That's your idea. That's not my idea. So we've got to know that, hey, we keep, he's perfect love. His justice is mercy. His wrath is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come against anything that separates me from my bride. Wrong belief systems, legalism, all this stuff. But it's not, I'm never going to put my wrath on her. And there's another way to look at it too, but it says, but my love is going to stay on you, every one of you. He'll pursue you to your darkest dark and go, could you just leave me alone? I'm trying to be over this wild radical dude over here. And he's like, no, even over there, I'm over there. And I'm still loving you. God, would you just, right? It's probably like a mom where checking up on her kids all the time. That's who he is. He's just there. He goes, I'm still here. Yeah, but I'm in the whatever club or whatever. No, I'm here with you. So we got to get rid of that. That sin separates us from God. It, it just destroys people. I've seen it over and over and over. And they go, even in my darkness, you were there. That's what David said. He goes, even if I descend down to Sheol or hell, you make your place with me there. That's beautiful to me. So does that, does that help you guys? So uh, his justice, mercy, wrath is very real, but it's all part of love. So he is all those things, but it's not out of anything other than I'm love. He's not love plus just. It's just love. What's just love? I'm not going to leave you guilty of anything. I'm going to pursue you until you realize you're perfectly loved and innocent. Does that make sense? That's his wrath. I'm going to make sure that nothing separates me from my bride so they have that, that's, a, that's perfect love. So anyway, um, let's see. What other thing that I want to just... I'm kind of just taking it where, we're, where we come from and what's so refreshing to me with these guys who understand the fathers. Uh, oh. Um... And some, both Brad and Andre are really good at this too. Is, is um, let's talk about this idea that the Bible's inerrant. Some of you guys have all heard that, right? There's no errors in it. And uh, man, I was taught that. But here's how the Hebrews teach it, and here's how the church fathers have always taught it: that that the uh, the Bible is not this inerrant thing. Because let me give you, for instance, and and uh, Andre shared it too: is um, how they've always looked at it was as a mirror, where it's this. This idea, it was a mirror reflecting our view of who God is and how they realized that God let man write the Bible. Yes, it was inspired, but it was through our lens of who we thought God was at the time. For instance, uh, uh, it says this in the Old Testament, that he takes pleasure, God, God takes pleasure, who's perfect love, in bashing babies' heads against rocks. Now, as a mom or a grandmother, what does that do to your heart? God takes pleasure in breaking babies' heads against rocks? Is that sick or is that sick? If we're going to take the Bible literally and uh, uh, inerrant, then we've got to keep that somewhere. What do we do with that? Or like, like I, I forget because I've been talking to these guys for so long. They were in our houses for days. Um, I forget who it was, what they were talking about. Uh, was it Brad or Andre where he was talking about, hey, God wants you to slay all the Amalekites and basically commit genocide and eat their pieces. I'm wrathful and I want to eat my enemy's parts. 
That's just gross, isn't it? But so that now, if we're going to take it inerrantly, so here's how they looked at it. They looked at it as, um, no, we have to keep those scriptures there because it's our view of who, how we're relating to God at the time, but it's this progression. So how he did it is he goes, the Bible's, what most of us were taught, let's just say this is a Bible and it's flat. So we give the same weight of Genesis all the way to the end. All of it are the same and mean the same thing. So, hey, he takes pleasure in bashing babies' heads against rocks is the same as, um, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye, but I say love your enemy. What do we do with that? So here's what most of us have done. Well, that was Old Testament God. That was before the cross. You guys have heard that, right? But he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he wasn't an Old Testament God. Now he's, he went to anger management. This is what these guys talked about. He went to anger management class. Now we can trust him again. Now he's perfect love. No, he's always been perfect love. What it was was this is how man viewed him, but he got less violent, less violent, less violent till Jesus finally comes. He goes, now he's the perfect word of God made flesh. So we, in my opinion, we got we to gotta kind of tear down this thing that uh, so I said, well, what is, you know, and then I, I was telling some of you guys, Peggy and David, I think, and, and Michael, what we were talking about this. I was just messing around with it today. I go, where did this idea of inerrancy come from? So the, really the main teachings of inerrancy came from the Second Vatican Council, which was in 1965. That's not that long ago, is it? Um, and then the Chicago Doctrine of Inerrancy, I think it was 1978, where they... And I, talking to Baxter Kruger, he was like this. He goes like, Mike, here's what was happening. The Western Christianity was losing its influence for the last 1,500 years. Ever since the Reformation where we taught, basically God, or actually since 400 AD, when, when the Latin church split from the church fathers teaching that sin could separate you and he's angry and he's gonna torture some people forever, the, the world just couldn't accept that because scripture says this. It says, I'm gonna pour out my spirit on all flesh all sarks is what it says. And sarks is the dirtiest, ugliest part of you. And he poured it out on all flesh. It doesn't say he poured it out on a believer. He didn't pour it out when you said the magic words. He poured it out on all flesh. And all will know me from the least to the greatest. And he goes, really, what was happening is the world's going, I can't accept a God that would... That. And here's the problem, is the atheists are reading the Bible more clearly than us. And they take it literally. They go, if you're going to say the Bible's literal, what do you do with this? Does that make sense? What do you do with this scripture that your, your, your God looks exactly like Muhammad? Doesn't he? We both think we're right. We're saying our book says we should kill you and it's all gonna end on this fight in Israel. But we're right. And the father said, no way, that's not how it is. Jesus came to go, you know what? We love our enemies because if you do it to the least of these, you're doing it to him. Does that, does that make sense to you guys? So I, I think we have to, so here's what they said. They go, the Bible's perfectly inspired to lead us to Jesus, but all scripture has to bow to Jesus because he is the true word of God. That's what Hebrews says. It says, in times past, you've spoke to us in, in prophets and etc. but now you've given us a more sure word in Jesus Christ. And if you go look at it, Jesus contradicted the Old Testament scripture all the time. We've covered a lot of that. The, the Sermon on the Mount was basically reconstructing every, the wrong ideas that they thought who God was. You've heard it said this, but I say this. You've heard it said this, but I say this, right? Isaiah 61, hey, you know what? I've come to do all these things, and then he leaves the vengeful part out. So what did we do with that? Well, that's because he's coming again with vengeance. No, he was correcting scripture. He goes, there's not a vengeful part of my body that needs to, 
to punish anybody. I'm trying to show you that I'm a God of forgiveness and love, and, and you've had me wrong the whole time. So I sent my son so you could see me perfectly. And what you see in me is exactly how the Father and the Holy Spirit and me are. We're all one in a Godhead bodily. Does that help you guys? Yes. So all these things that we've learned, it, uh, it was really easy for me to start going, who taught me this stuff? But you know what? They were doing the best of what they had too. And I'm just thankful now that we have these guys that never wavered. They go, no, the church fathers, this is the, the guys who canonized the Bible, the guys who put it together go, this is who God is and this is what we should believe. And the rest is up to that. So I just think it's so pure and that's why I'm glad to have these guys come in like every six to eight weeks or whatever. They're, they come in just to hear these voices because I know like my own heart just starts to soften and oh, when your heart's healed, everything starts to flow. Like I said, we feel better about ourselves. We, we, even when we feel hopeless, we know that his perfect faith is working and I don't have to build it so I can have hope in that. Does that help you guys? Any questions on that? Yeah, what'd you, what's, what you got, Rich? And if you have questions, let's feel free. So, yeah, I'm just, you know, when, when nice, uh, one of those guys said uh, that so now, some of the writers project the uh, project. Trying to make the, my friend Reg feel at home. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I do. This is like home. We, uh, the, some of the writers actually, these guys brought it out that they project their own anger. Onto, onto God in some of the verses that they're writing. That's how the Hebrews and the fathers taught it. Yeah. No, no, these writings are critical of this anger and judgmental God because well, it's how we think God is. Yeah, exactly. And I can tell you, 40, 41 years ago, 1977, I was just, you know, just filled with the Spirit in 76. And um, it's the only spiritual dream I ever had in my life. So it's, it was really cool and I never forgot it. But what I was doing, I, I was kind of like, kind of like pretty evangelical, you know, sharing my faith with this, my coworker. And I'm telling him, you know, Jesus uh, saved you and all of this. And I'm, you know, and, but in the, this was a dream. So in the dream, after I'm sharing with him, I'm in the dream and I'm hovering over my office, the office building where we worked. And I see the chief engineers there, and I see him walking in, and uh, my given name is Harry. So he says, my middle name's Reg. So he, I'm he's, calling you Harry <laughs> the rest God. of your life now. <laughs> oh, Harry's becoming popular with Harry Connick. So anyhow. <laughs> so anyhow. Is it Harold Reginald? No, Harry Regis. Oh, Harry Regis, okay. <laughs> I'm going to call you Harold Reginald from now on. No, HR. Don't, don't do the Reginald. Okay, That's all right. Jackie Gleason. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, he's there telling my boss that I'm some kind of religious fanatic. Now, you got you to gotta see this. I'm hovering over. It was, just like, it was just like it was real. I was there. And he's telling, you know, and what's the first thing that happens to me is anger starts to well up in me. And I'm getting angrier and angrier. <laughs> and I hear the voice of the Lord. And he says, don't be angry. Pray for him. And the minute I started to pray for him, there was this humongous flash of light, brighter than the sun. And I was like going up into the air. And uh, that, so I'm just confirming that it's, you know, love your enemies. You know, when, the minute I started to pray for him, the anger went out of me, and 
And I'm, I'd like to know what happened to that guy today, though. <laughs> but, but, but anyhow, that, you know, we're not to project our anger. We're, we're so quick to get angry. I mean, you talk about messing up and stepping in it. I step in it two days in a row. <laughs> I'm driving with my wife. I've been driving since I was 16, you know. I don't need advice. So she says, get in the middle lane, you know, because we're trying to get to this doctor's office. And I said, I said, you're crazy. <laughs> now, that was not the good, the right thing to say. <laughs> Do not tell your wife she's crazy. But, but if it's, see, that anger wells up in all of us. I mean, not in Mike. I'm sure he never has. <laughs> So that was that was Friday. What's today? Saturday? I did it again today. <laughs> so I don't know. Might need to come I'm in a, for some I'm counseling. A, I'm mildly, I'm mildly stupid, like a, a slow learner. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but yeah, that that flesh has a tendency to rise up. But uh, Jesus says, pray for your enemies, love your enemies, and try to try to guard your mouth. <laughs> no, that's good. Any questions on Brad, Andre, that you guys, that they came up with? That's really what I want to do is just kind of recap what they were talking about. And, and uh, Jeff is putting those up on both Freedom Ministries and YouTube, and they're so good. There's so much meat in there that, uh, uh, like I said, I'm really excited to have all these guys come in as, as much as we can, like every, try once every six to eight weeks at least to have one of these voices come in because it's so good. And uh, for me, they all, it's actually... I think people get really nervous where they go, so you're saying the Bible's not real? I said, I'm not saying that at all, but how we interpreted it was actually not accurate, in my opinion. It's a much more refreshing way to interpret it and go, oh, so he was good. He's perfect love all the time. He's always loved his enemies. He, it was our interpretation of who God was, and that's what the Hebrews and the fathers taught. Don't throw this stuff out. Jesus, it's this gradual revelation of um, here's who we are, and this is how God is. And by the end, you see that, uh, you know, Moses and the law that says, hey, he demands sacrifice, a lamb, etc." By the end, God's going, Moses, I didn't say that. I hate sacrifice. That was your idea. So if we have this inerrant thing, we, this is where I think all the weird doctrines come in that we've got this angry God, good God, and this dualism is just not accurate. He's good and he's only been good and he's never changed. That gives me trust, like I can trust him. So it, to me, I actually love the Bible more going, okay, I don't have to put this in a box and I click it's not there. Because it is there. But it's really a reflection. It's a mirror of who we are sometimes. And we still struggle with these human conditions that we want to go beat our enemy on the head with a bat like I do every now and then, right? And uh, uh, But I go, oh, it's okay. Because that, that was a human condition. He's loved us through it. And he goes, but here's, here's who I am. And now you get to participate in all my life that I have for free. It's yours. Does that help you guys? I think it's just pure. It's, it's, uh, then we can just trust. Is, uh, and here's what it, which, what's really cool. If it seems helpless, if it seems hopeless, if it seems like we don't trust, we don't have to try build something or fake faith or anything like that. Is we can rest in the fact that cast our care on him because he's our caretaker. He never changes how he treats us despite us. And he goes, my faith is still at work and doing its thing and it's all going to be okay. In fact, uh, it's going to be coming out. Chris, you and I were just kind of talking about this. Is people go through situations where, like Barbara and I in our marriage, it was hopeless. We were lifeless. It was, we had nothing there. When there, there was hope beyond hope is what Scripture says. We were just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, that's, but he takes those things and they go, okay, 
uh, I'm going to show you what, that I can use that and turn it into something so beautiful. Now you, you, I, it wasn't fun going through it, but it's, it's worth it. Is that probably the right way to say it? And then you go, oh, okay. Yeah, you probably would have preferred not to have to do that with us, but you allowed us to go down that road and still met us there and goes, I'm still going to take your mess and make it beautiful. Does that make sense to you guys? So he's good, only good. He makes all things work together for good. And that's who he is. So any questions on that? All right, let's get to our feet then. And, um, hey, next week I'm going to show you something cool. Andre was, was uh, and you can go look it up. It's just fascinating. As he and I were talking about this. As, um, we were talking about quantum physics and, and uh, the, the infinite possibilities of who we really are. I think sometimes we even put God in a box. Well, I know we do. We, we put God in a box all the time. Well, it's just this way, etc. And so um, if you read uh, Desire Found, is that the name of his book? I forget. Found, Desire Found Me, um, that he, some of you guys picked up. He, he starts to touch on a little bit the quantum physics or quantum mechanics there, where you know, E equals MC squared. If you change what's in here, it changes mass. It changes physical things. And, and so anyway, he was showing us this guy. You can go look. Um, he's clown. He's and this is how fearfully and wonderfully made. I was like, he's just pushed the envelope and it's all scientific, but he's climbed Mount Everest into nothing but shorts and no oxygen. This guy named Wim Hof. So just be careful because he's, he's this Dutch guy, so he's got a potty mouth a little bit. But, uh, but I love it. I was like, he was sharing with his, I go, I've believed this stuff forever, that it's so infinite, the possibilities that we can do with, with our lives, so we can always have hope. And... Uh, and so then, so then they thought, well, this guy's just a freak of nature. You know, he's got this supernatural belief, whatever. And so then, then he, so Stanford University and all these medical things have gotten involved now and going, uh, I'll take any of you. So he, he just took, um, he's taken three trips up to Mount Kilimanjaro, no mountaining experience, and they all go up in shorts and no shirt. Over 20,000 feet, and they all, he takes them up. He goes, I just took a 76-year-old man, no, no mountaineering experience. I just teach him a couple basic things of how fearfully and wonderfully created, and they all make it. Is that just a trip or is that a trip? I love that kind of stuff personally because I'm going, oh, it's, we're just scratching the surface of how much life we could go experience. And I think religion bogs us down and to go, okay, God's this way and we have to do these things. And he's like, no, it's infinite what, what we can do together if you want to go play and have fun with me. So I'm going to share a little bit of some of that stuff with you next week. Is that okay? I love that kind of stuff. I really do because it, it's, uh, and he, here's what's fascinating to me is now that I understand that he's poured his spirit out on all flesh, does he know it? No, but he actually knows it because all will know him. And so he actually knows more than most of us know, even though he wouldn't call himself a believer or a Christian or whatever else. But the life of God, you go watch this guy, is just flowing through this guy. Crazy. And uh, it's just awesome to me. So we'll, we'll do that a little bit of that next week, just how fearfully and wonderfully created, how you can just do it in your own life, which is kind of cool to me. So does that sound more fun? We're not a victim of our circumstances and everything else. Is, is we can co-create with him, which is just beautiful. And, he, and at the end of the day, though, here's what he says. He goes, because they were asking him, and, and he's on Joe Rogan and, you know, uh, Lewis Howes and all these different things, if you go look on him on YouTube. Whether you see him on, he's cruising up Everest. And there's these Sherpas, and he's got nothing on but his shorts and boots, and they're all geared up, and they're like, he's cruising up there. No gear, no oxygen, nothing. Because I can teach anybody to do it. I was like, that really irritates all the guides who pay 40000 right, to go do it. And he just, no, no, just, I'll give you like a couple hours of training and you just come up with me. That's what he does with people. 
But I think what's cool about that is it just shows people how fearfully and wonderfully we're made, that we, we're, not, we're not bound to, we're only bound by how, how big we think God is, and he's infinite. And whatever we think about him, you know, how much love he has or how much grace he has, you know, this whole, hey, God's, well, he's not, he's, he's love, but he's also just. I go, no, whatever concept we have about love, he does exceedingly beyond, the, beyond what we think of that. However much favor we think we can give, no matter how big we think we can think, he, he does exceedingly abundantly more than what we could think of. That's cool to me. So we'll, we'll share some of that just scripturally and just how to live life large. And that's, if you want to go somewhere boring, that's fine too, but I just refuse. <laughs> so, oh, thank you, Father. We just love you. We praise you. We magnify you. We just think that your faith is at work. There's nothing that any of us are going through that you're not there with us. You're in our deepest, darkest hopeless parts and you're holding us there you're you're taking care of us there you're maintaining us there so it's not up to us to to build up something or have enough of this or do enough of that you love us perfectly you heal us perfectly you provide for us perfectly you forgive us radically because you cannot deny yourself that's just who you are so you freely let us participate in everything you have and even when we don't think it's there you're still doing it behind the scenes so we can rest that you make all things work together for good in Jesus' magnificent name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. You're released in Jesus' name. If you guys need prayer, come on up here.